I know one thing. I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump in the message, and we're going to move right along this morning. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity of ministry in this church, Father, the ministry for CRF tonight. Father, put it on our hearts, place it upon our hearts, Father, that we can give and, and watch it return 30, 60, 100-fold. Father, I pray, uh, Lord, for the ministry of marriage here. Father, the basic unit of the church is a marriage. Father, uh, that's the only, only thing that, that, that you show us even in the New Testament that's compared to your church is, is marriage. And so, Father, may we truly invest in our marriages here. Father, have healthy marriages, healthy families, building the kingdom of God. Uh, Father, we love you. Father, I pray now over this message, Lord. I pray that this just wouldn't be a Christmas message. This would be a message of Christ given to us, Lord, that uh, we wouldn't just listen and hear the story again and again and again, but, Father, our hearts would be open to receive something new this morning. Father, a freshness of your grace of your goodness and what's been given to us. Lord, we bless you and we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you open them up to a very familiar passage that's going to be read around the world this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. Now, now, depending on what scripture you're reading, see, our culture has somewhat changed that. This is how it would read today. And I already lost you, didn't I? You got to stay with me. I'm fast, I'm quick, I'm moving. Now, now look at how this reads. And her husband, verse 19, and her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. Today that might read something like this. And her husband being just a man, wanted to put her away in shame, right? That's why we do the marriage classes. So, so you just kind of have to watch this, okay? Don't let it unfold as the culture would unfold it. Let's look at it as Scripture has it written here. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Last week we talked about when God came to this earth, it's really heaven coming to this earth. And if I were to recap that message, heaven coming to this earth means that God's government, this very passage in Isaiah talks about God's government will be placed upon his shoulder so that when heaven comes to earth, that means that we surrender now to his government. I said there's a couple of passages of scripture that really bother me. Things that Jesus said two different times in scripture, Matthew chapter 24 as well as Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says these words, he says, depart from me for I never knew you. Now that, that should be a problem because God created all of us. This is interesting. Our lives are not our own. You didn't create you. You can't create you. You can procreate and participate in what God is creating, but you can't create you. You can't recreate you. What does that have to do anything? It tells me that, that 
as I said, no two snowflakes are the same. None of us are the same. And what God has done is He's created us for His plan, for His purpose. Watch this. For His government. And His government came to this earth in the form of Jesus. The government of God has come to this earth, on earth as it is in heaven. So when Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. If you read the scripture, the passages just prior to that, what He's saying, hey, uh, some said, hey, uh, you know, we cast out demons in your name. Oh, we did all these things in your name. And now you're telling us you didn't know us. And this is, what he's, this is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, you used my kingdom to build your own government. You used my kingdom, my ways, my determination on how things should be that would prosper you and how you do things. You live under your own rule, under your own counsel, and because of that, I don't know you. I only recognize one government, and that's the government of God. Remember, Jesus says, I do nothing except for what I see my Father in heaven doing. So what Jesus has done here, He's brought His government, Emmanuel, God with us. He brings His government. He tells us in His Word how to do life. Oh, I can, I can get in everybody's business real quick. Right? Do we do life according to his ways? There's, there's, what are his ways? Well, I mean, God's the one that put tithing out there. And some people will say, oh, well, Curtis, you're just trying to get the baskets full. No. I'm trying to get you blessed. It's a faith gift. It's faith. You'll learn more about this in the future. That's discipleship. Right? That's just one that I throw out there because it twists everybody up. There, there are plenty others, right? We talked about God's government uh, in our homes. What does God's government look like in our homes? Honor your father and mother so that your days will be long upon this earth. Do you demand honor in your home as a father and mother? It's okay if you do. I mean, you don't have to. There's a way to do it, right? It's good to send them with Scripture. I mean, my kids, they, I had one last week. We got a little cross, right? And had a little error in the way. So that my form of correction was just simply saying this. Here's a book, a thick book. You've got three days and you'll write a report and I'll grade it. And they did it. It's okay, but what are we doing? We're establishing God's government. His ways, His wills, not my, not my ideas. I want you to read this book based upon God's word and see uh, where that leads you. And, and, and then write a report and I know how I'm led. All right. But, but it's, it's a danger because in our culture today, it's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about mine. It's, it's, it's the, we break the first commandment all the time. It's how I want to do things. It's amazing to me how wise people are in their own minds. The, the scripture makes this clear that people are in their, uh, are wise unto themselves, but are fools before the Lord. It's, it's a danger. So today, as we unfold this, as we unlock it, what we're looking at is part of the way God designed His government, His rule, His counsel. Now, I want you to hear me. When Emmanuel, Jesus comes, and His name is Emmanuel, God with us, what that entails is His government, and I'm going to unlock one of those things in His government today, and here's what it is. It is not good for man to be alone. Men, I've said it many times. Look, if I had this life my way, if I was under my own government, I would live somewhere between Clayton and Springer, New Mexico. And you wouldn't know where I was. 
and it wouldn't bother me. And I'd have my head of horses and my 5,000 head of cattle and I'd be busy and uh, we'd just take care of life, right? But God had different plans, different ways, different purposes for my own life. It's easy because here's, here's where we determine we want to get by ourselves and God called us together. His government is a government of togetherness. Now I'm going to start un unfolding this and showing you how this works. In Genesis chapter 2, uh, the Lord said this, It is not good for man to be alone. Now, this is the time that he makes a helper suitable for him. Now, some of you say, well, my helper is not suitable for me. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> but this is the time in life, right? The time in Adam's life where he says, hey, it's not good for you to be alone. God's presence is there in the garden, but also God wanted to put other people along with Adam in the garden so that they would be together, not apart, but that they would be together. And this is great news for us in this day and time. Man is designed for fellowship with God and man is designed, mankind is designed for fellowship with one another. We're not supposed to be disfellowshipped. We're called together. Right? See, God calls us friends. We're, we're friends of God. We're not God unto ourselves. At least I hope we're not. But what God is looking for is for us to have a relationship with Him, Emmanuel, God with us, and have a relationship one with another. This is one of His truths that He unfolds. This is what His government looks like. It is not good for man to be alone. Matthew 1.21, She will bear a son, and you shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. Now, salvation's a great thing. You believe in Jesus? You've been saved from your sins. That's great. You've been saved from something, but let me tell you something else. You're saved to something. You're saved to a relationship with God so that you will never be alone. You're saved to a relationship one with another. That's the church. That's the ecclesia. The Greek means one placed upon another, bound together. Isn't that awesome? It's exciting news for us. See, sin creates separation between God and man. You know this, Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death. So if God was going to deal with the issue of sin, it was going to require a death, and that would come along 33 years later when Jesus died on the cross so that we would come together, so we would no longer be separated from God. Sin separates. Now listen, this becomes very important in our own lives. Are you separated or are you participating? See, this is part of his government. God had an offense with man. It was called sin. And if they were to ever have a relationship and God, with, with man and God, the way he desired for it to be, God dealt with that, that issue. He had to deal with it. Christmas Day, Jesus' birthday, is the day that God's plan begins to unfold. It's the day that His government once again returns. Remember, Isaiah is sitting in the desert. He's having a conversation with King Ahaz. I spoke of this last week. But he's not only looking at the past, he's looking at the future. 600 years from the time that Isaiah was here, now he could begin to see God's going to unfold His government once again to the people. 
And as he begins to unfold that, it, it begins to unfold with Jesus' birthday. Now the government is on his shoulders so that he could be with us so that we would never be alone again. See, the temptation in life is to do it all by yourself. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? In our own strength, in our own ways, with our own thinking, with our own desires. But sin causes us to build our own kingdoms. And God does not recognize other kingdoms other than His own. See, some of us are okay with God as long as we get everything we want. We go to Santa. And we say, Santa... I want da 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 And we go to God this way. And then when we don't get it, under the Christmas tree, I saw a video, I probably should have put it in the message, but I told, them, I told our staff, I'm going to move through this message quickly. But in this video, this kid doesn't get what he wants. He just starts throwing a fit. It's alive. It's for real. He eventually takes the Christmas tree and throws the Christmas tree. Now God has a government for that. He'll deal with that. He'll get your attention. This is how God works. But here's what sin does. Sin causes us to build our own kingdoms, to separate, to do things our way, for it to be about our own lives. Isn't it neat what Jesus says in His teaching? The greatest among you will be the servant of all. In other words, you'll apply my government and you'll see things as the way I see things. But unconfessed sin, it tends to alienate us. I don't want people to come around or else they will find me out. Right? You ever had an unconfessed sin or you ever had an addiction or you had something that you were dealing with and what do you want? You don't want to be in relationship with someone else. And it's interesting, it could be that someone else that could help you, that could encourage you. It's, it's what happens in us. It's an innate desire, but it's a desire of sin. See, I don't want to be in a relationship because eventually they might hold me accountable. I just want everyone to leave me alone so I can live my life. And that's why I started the message out this morning as our life is not our own. The Lord gave us life. When the Lord breathed the breath of life into Adam, the Scripture says that He breathed upon him, He breathed within him. That word is ruach. It means a living peace of God went into them. And brought life because our God is a God of life. And He's done that to each and every one of us. Our life is not our own. See, many who live their life this way, they're lonely. And we find ourselves alone. We find ourselves in desolate places. You know, Psalm 1, not just where it's dry, but it's salt dry. I explain salt dry. You know, there's dry and then there's salt dry. The Scripture's got a term in there called salt dry now salt dry is bad you ever cut yourself and put salt on it i just do it just because i enjoy <laughs> just drying everything up but it'll dry the blood up right i mean if you want to clot blood pour some salt on that thing put some salt in that one the the truth is salt dries it out so there's dry and then the scripture has this this phrase of being salt dry salt dry is when we get out there by ourselves and, and, and there's nothing else. There's no water. There's no connection. God never meant for it to, to happen that way. In God's government, we're in God's government together. For some, look, it's not your own decision that you've been alienated. Life has alienated you. 
You live at such a pace you are lonely. You do most things for yourself because you don't have time to teach anyone else to do what you do. You don't have time to teach your kids or to show them. You are reactive in life instead of being proactive. You feel overwhelmed. You've lost a loved one. Life has come at you hard. You've lost a child. You've dealt with death. Those things happen and we get overwhelmed. And what happens, our tendency is that sin is to separate ourselves instead of pull in to others who can possibly begin to pour in to us. You know, the storms in your life are raging. Your marriage, your finances, your addictions, your, your job... And, and what life has dealt you, it's caused you to separate. You feel like you're more of a burden to people than you are a blessing. When Jesus came to this earth, this is what he would tell you today. No, 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 no. You are not alone. I am with you. One of the last things that Jesus says, we use this as our great commission, Matthew 28 and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When God's government came in the form of Jesus, He makes a promise to us, we are never alone. So why do we feel lonely? Has God changed? Has God left? Or have we? So that's what I love about the Christmas tradition. It reminds us that God is with us. That His government has come. That He's here for us. God doesn't want us to feel alone. He wants us to know that He is always with us and His people are always here for us. Uh, Matthew 1.23 Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call His name Emmanuel, which means God with us. For, 40, for 33 and a half years, God became visible to the world. The King of Eternity came in the most humble of forms, born in a manger to a humble carpenter and his wife. This King of all eternity came to be with man. In the Garden of Eden, God said, It is not good for man to be alone. He answers the condition of loneliness with Emmanuel, God with us. When God was comforting Jacob, who was on the run from Esau, God makes a huge promise, and then God says this to, to Jacob. You remember, he says, hey, 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 but remember, I'll be with you. What a promise in a difficult situation. When God tells Moses to go talk to Pharaoh, Moses was afraid, he was insecure, he had no self-confidence. You remember, he even says, I can't go before Pharaoh because I can't even speak properly. You know, he, Moses... Had a hard time getting the words out. He said, oh, don't worry about that. His first words are, Moses, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Now he goes on to remind him he's got a brother known as Aaron who would speak for him. But he reminds him, Moses, this isn't about your kingdom, it's my kingdom. And when you're in my kingdom, I will empower you to do all the things necessary for me. When it was time for Joshua to lead the people of Israel into the promised land to defeat their enemies, to go to war, and he fears, he's actually fearful of this. God comforts him. He doesn't say it one time. Three different times he tells Joshua, I will be with you. You are not alone. When God challenges Gideon, you remember Gideon, he's this fearful, insecure man. He's from the smallest tribe. He's from the smallest family. He's in the smallest town. And he's supposed to go out and face the Midianites and drive them off the land. He's like, but who am I? I'm just this little bitty guy. I'm the lowest of lowest. 
I'm tiny. <laughs> and God said, oh, in your kingdom, but in my kingdom, you're a mighty warrior. And I will be with you, is what he says. See, God has this way of thinking that no matter what you face, Him being with you is more than enough for His kingdom to be built with you. Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, this is what He says, I will be with you. And through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire you shall not be burned and the flames shall not consume you. What a promise. It's an incredible promise on this Christmas day. No matter what life throws or the enemy at you, your failures, your shortcomings, your fears, your insecurities, your own mindset, whatever it is that has driven you to become lonely, God's plan in Jesus, Emmanuel, is this. I will be with you. You are not alone. Peter, when Jesus turns and looks at Peter and says, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, oh, you're the Lord, the King of Israel. And he says, hey, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. But the Spirit of God revealed that to you. And he goes on and he says, and you will, be reader, you will be Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And when he says that, that word church is ecclesia, it means, Peter, you are going to call people together. And they're going to be empowered because they're not alone. They are now with me, with God, and they are with one another. And that's an army that cannot be stopped. That is a government that will forever be. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Years ago, I memorized this scripture. And this scripture is one that has spoken to me throughout the years. For I am convinced that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Absolutely nothing separates you from His love. If you are separated from God this morning, you've got to ask the question, am I about my kingdom or am I about His kingdom? Am I about His government or am I more about my government? Because upon his shoulders, his government came. So that we would never be alone. So that we would never feel forsaken. So that we would always be assured and reassured that God is with us. Do you have people in your life that you see God's anointing is upon them? Do you have people in your life this morning that you entrust your life with, that you entrust your life to? That you know their counsel is for what's best in you, what's best in your life that would give you direction to your true north. Do you have those people in your life? Well, let me tell you, that's who the church is supposed to be. We've used the church oftentimes to build our own government. Let's just be honest here for just a moment, church. There is no doubt that churches tend to become very judgmental. Churches tend to say, you're either with me or against me. You're for me or you're against me. We, we oftentimes don't hold one another in a valuable way, so we don't see church as a safe place. But God's government, where it is being distrib distributed, here's what you will get. You will be able to hold one another in a valuable way. You will be seen in a valuable way. And you will trust and learn to trust again. Because Emmanuel, God is with us. 
We are not alone. And He's called us as the church together for His government to reign. Matthew 28, 20, And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The plan in Jesus' coming is for the purpose of God being with man and mankind being with one another to be examples of God's government, to be examples of God's love. Emmanuel, God is with us. We are never alone. And maybe it's this very morning that, that it would be good for you to have someone stand in the gap for you. Christmas may be hard on you. Maybe you've lost a loved one during the Christmas holidays in the past and you've kind of harbored that towards God and you felt alone. Well, God hasn't left. His desire is for you. His desire is for His creation. The Scripture says that you are His most beloved. Sometimes we just need someone to stand in the gap for us, someone to speak a a word of positivity, a word of encouragement, a word that would embrace you. And maybe that's, that's you this morning, and I just want you to hear me, that God is for you. He is not against you. God's government will reign forever, and it's a government of love. It's a government of just and justice. It's a government that has no end. It's a government that He calls us into for our good. He calls us into together. If you need prayer this morning, for whatever it may be, just know that God is here because that's His promise. And God has chosen to work through His people for the fulfillment of His kingdom. So we're here for you this morning. Let's pray. Father God, I thank You, Lord, for Your government that it came in the form of Jesus. And he shows and shares with us what his government looks like through all of his life, but especially his last three years. God, we just pray that we will be a church that speaks the truth, that makes disciples. Father, that understands that you are with us. And Father, we are here for one another and for you. Father, may your loving kindness be shared and shown through each and every one. And we thank you for the greatest gift ever given in your son Jesus. Amen. And Merry Christmas.